The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went away on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. What we see in the writings of St. Paul in that second reading, which are up on the screens here, we can see that that St. Paul is encouraging the Philippians, those first Christians, to not be anxious. Don't be anxious, but turn your heart to prayer. And it is in, is in, it is in prayer that you will be moved to do good things and obtain the peace that your hearts long for. For them, it wasn't the easiest, easiest of times, those first Christians. So St. Paul was turning them and pointing them to prayer. In the, Christian prayer or in, the, in the Christian prayer section of the Catechism, part three, there is St. Therese of Lisieux that is the first saint quoted, and she mentions prayer as this. Prayer for me is a surge of the heart. It's a simple glance heavenward. It's a cry of recognition in times of sorrow and in times of joy. Nowhere does she mention words. When you pray, pray this way, say these words. It's a lifting up of the heart. It's a surge of the heart. It can go beyond words, our prayer. One way we can pray, obviously, 
is picking up the living word of God. That's something you can do in your homes. That's something you can do where you memorize a particular verse and you carry it the whole week and you recall that verse in your car when you're driving or when you're in the midst of maybe some recreational activity or doing some work around the house. Things that we can do where we can carry the word of God with us and that in and of itself can be a prayer because we can let the son of the living God, the word made flesh, the word that is eternal, speak to our hearts. Now in sacred scripture, Jesus speaks oftentimes and it's Jesus speaking to the people of the time, but it's also him speaking in the today of our life. And over the past few weeks, our beloved Lord has been speaking to us in the today of our life in the forms of parables, parables. So last week we talked about parables being mirrors. I wanna put up on the screen here the catechism number, it's number 546, and number 546 says the following, parables are like mirrors. They're like mirrors, there's something to bring out of it. And so when we stand before a mirror, we reflect. And we talked about last week that the virtue of prudence is always a statue personified in somebody looking in a mirror, reflect before we act. Last week we took the one word today, and hopefully in some way, shape, or form you thought about that when you hit your Monday or your Tuesday or Wednesday. If not, it's okay. Maybe you weren't here last week, you didn't get the message. But to hold on to today, because what God wants from you and me is the today of our life. Last week there was the parable of the two sons. Right? The father said, hey, will you go work in my vineyard? And the first one said, no, I'm not gonna do it. And he went off. And later, his conscience got him, and he turned around and went and did the father's will and worked in the vineyard. Then there was the other son that superficially just smiled and looked good and said, yeah, I'll do it, but in his heart, didn't wanna do it and didn't go. And Jesus asked, which of the ones did, my father's, did the father's will? And it was the chief priests and the elders to whom Jesus was speaking to, and they responded, it was the one who said no and then responded later, right? So Jesus wants the today of our life. He wants our yes today and y'all are here giving your yes. We're here to worship, we're here to draw strength and yet today he speaks of another parable. Again to the chief priest and to the elders. And he's trying to, he's speaking about himself and the prophets and now he's gonna be cast out outside Jerusalem, crucified and die out of love for them too. But he speaks about it at the end, he says, the vineyard of the Lord, the vineyard of God will be taking away from you and giving to those who will bear what? Its fruits, the kingdom's fruits, the kingdom of God. One word, I wanna propose to you and also to me, also to myself, one word to hold on to this week. One word, and the word is fruit. Fruit. We don't all work in vineyards where we pray for the fruits of our vineyard, but we've all been to the grocery store, I hope. So I don't know about you if you've been to the grocery store, but sometimes you go in the grocery store, and sometimes for me it's rather relaxing. You know, you go in the grocery store and you get there and you grab your little cart and you're kind of going and there's all these colors and there's all these things and you're kind of going around. And you, you know when you go to the produce section, right, where the vegetables and the fruits are and you go around there? And sometimes you get around there and 
You know, my brother's worked 30-some years in a grocery store, so he tells me how they kind of work, how they put things on shelves to get you to buy them, right? They want you to buy them. So you go in the produce section, you're there, and have you ever been there? You go, you go push your cart in, and all of a sudden there's like lovely music. There's like a type of music, oh. There's like some kind of music going on, and you're like, yeah. And you kind of settle in, and like, let me look at the grapes. And how about strawberries are looking good? And then all of a sudden your eyes, if you're like me, they lock on to maybe the oranges, right? And sometimes you get those oranges that are kind of like, they're not the organic ones, they're the ones that look like they shot like a syringe in it and blew it up and looks, wow, that's a big orange. And it's bigger than any other orange you experienced. I mean, when I grew up, I used to go to Florida with my parents and we get the oranges that were kind of dirty on the outside and all that stuff and pick them straight from the tree. But when you open those things up, it was like juice everywhere. Your hands, you had to put them in the lake and wash them off. We used to snack on them. So I love juicy oranges. So in the grocery store, you see those big old oranges and they're really, really orange, almost like an artificial orange. And then you get from the lighting, they're in the little casing and you get the and they blow the mist on it. They get the mist on it. And the mist goes on. They look a little watery. And they look even more tantalizing. To, you know, your eyes are like, whoa. So then you get six of those oranges. And you can't wait to go home and eat those oranges. You get home. And you cut them open. And they're dry. And they're dry. That's like the worst thing for me in a grocery store. To get a, a, a peach. I'm, I'm a Georgia boy. So I'm from, I'm from the south. And I'm from Georgia. And man, we love our peaches. And when you get a dry peach, it's like... Ah, you know, you almost want to go back to the store. That's why they cut open those oranges and they put them out. You know, so they come out and they're like, hey, hey, what we're selling you is good stuff. Jesus, in another moment when he's speaking, he talks about it's from within our hearts that's going to come out what is good, what is true, what is beautiful. From our hearts comes what is good. From within, from within, from within with that encounter with our Lord this Sunday, we have this encounter, the, the fertile soil of our hearts, the vineyards of our hearts, and he comes to, to, to plant the seed of his love in our hearts so that it'll grow and blossom. Let's talk about other fruits. There's other time where Jesus speaks about fruit. If you go to the Last Supper, before he's gonna go to the cross the next day, he says to his intimate followers, the ones he's gonna pass on the vineyard to, he says to him in John chapter 15, verse 16, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain, fruit that will remain. I don't know about you, but I know in the summer I used to go in, in Italy, we, uh, it cost way more money for us seminarians to stay in Rome because the air conditioning, it was so hot. So we go down around Naples and we get up in the morning and do our breakfast and then we go walking off in threes and we meditate and pray all the way down and spend a day down in a park by the ocean. It was beautiful, but we just packed our lunch. It was a very simple vacation, walking through the mountains, going to the park that was free and we walked and we would pray our hour meditation the whole way. And I remember walking down through the little narrow streets of, of, of that Italian town and the smell of the oranges and the smell of the fruit was just like, ah, it was so fresh, it was so awesome. And yet I would reflect at times about how do you produce a fruit that will remain? Even these fruits fall to the ground and they rot 
or bananas turn brown? What type of fruit is Jesus speaking about? My brothers and sisters of Christ, when he speaks of fruit, he's speaking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. There's 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. Maybe a resolution for you today is to walk away and write those down to look them back up. 12 of them, goodness, kindness, gentleness, generosity, peace, patience, joy, charity, modesty, chastity, faithfulness, self-control. 12 fruits, fruit that remains. I know for me, years back, I, I'm going today to meet one of the confirmation groups that's preparing and to kind of go to the home. And I remember going to talk to some students preparing to receive confirmation. I walked in there and I was gonna to talk to them about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't, I didn't know them. I didn't have them memorized. And I said, Richard, you're a priest and you don't even have them memorized? You're gonna go preach about the fruits of the Holy Spirit? So it challenged my heart, the Holy Spirit put on my heart to memorize them. And one of the ways it helped me to memorize those 12 fruits was to paste them, put them at the base of the crucifix. Hopefully you have a crucifix in your home. If you don't, please go out and get one, get a crucifix. But it's not the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love. And it was through that gift of self, that dying to himself, that he bore the fruit of love, love for all humanity, redemption. And so at the foot of the crucifix in our rectory today are those 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. So when I look at Jesus crucified, look down at those fruits of the Holy Spirit, then we reflect on our own lives, to be crucified, to die in a way. Imitate Jesus and it will bear fruit. Because our beloved Lord, three chapters before that Last Supper, says the following in John chapter 12, verse 24. It's good to memorize scripture. Memorize it so you can recall it in your heart. What does he say in John chapter 12, verse 24, when he's in the temple? He said, if a seed is buried, if it's not buried, it cannot die. But if a seed is buried in the ground and dies, it bears much fruit, much fruit. Jesus speaking about himself, I'm gonna die for you, I'm gonna rise, and the Holy Spirit's gonna come, I'm gonna pass my vineyard onto a new people, and it will produce what? It will produce my kingdom's fruit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit in the world, and point people to where they're going, which is eternal life with me. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. There's another passage in scripture, and I'm kinda going all over the map here, but if you go to Luke chapter 12, it's up there on the screen for you, Luke 12, 24, in which it says, to whom much has been given, much will be asked. And to whom more has been given, even more. He's speaking to those religious leaders. He's speaking to them about producing the fruit of his kingdom, producing good fruit, not, not sour grapes, but good juicy grapes. And he's inviting them to produce the fruit. Please pray for your priests and your bishops. Pray for us. We need your prayers as we try to lead and do the best we can. Much has been given to us. The gift of our baptism, the gift of confirmation, the gift to receive Jesus in the Eucharist every Sunday, to be able to receive him and maybe other days too. He comes into the heart of ours in order to take him out to our world. In one final passage about fruit, that I'll share with you in Matthew chapter seven, verse 20, he's again speaking to the elders and the chief priests. And he's telling his people to say, 
by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. What fruit is the Holy Spirit inviting you to produce this week? What fruit? I think one of the things that's needed more than ever in our times, more than ever in our times, is to strengthen marriages. To strengthen marriages. To strengthen families in the domestic church. Our vineyard is not far from us, my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's right in front of us. The vineyard of your home, of your family. The vineyard where you're called to serve and cultivate that fruit in the heart of your wife, in the heart of your husband. How might I be a little more patient? How might I listen a little more to my spouse? How might I do a hidden act of charity, even if it costs me and I feels like I'm crucified? You amazing couples, you, you men and women united in, in marriage, your example to your families is the greatest thing you can ever give your children by living a strong married life. That is the best investment you can give them. And I know, I know, maybe there's some out there that their marriages are a struggle right now. We have here at this, this parish things that can help with that. There's a great retreat called Retrovi, which couples that are struggling in their marriage, and, it's, and, and, and maybe it's all okay on the front, but on the inside it's really hard. Retrovi is a retreat where you go off and do it, and I know a couple who did that, and they came back and said, Father, it saved my marriage. It saved our marriage. We went away, and we dealt with the things that were most important in our life, and we got it. We were able to help with that. Maybe it's just you've been 10 years married or 15 years married, and the business of life has you going, and what you really need is maybe just to do your pre-cana over again, to kind of sit down. Well, that's alpha marriage. That's to ask the questions and learn to communicate again on another level. I don't, I don't know what the Holy Spirit may put in, be putting in your heart on your marriage, but boy, I tell you, in our times, strong marriages is a way to strengthen and produce amazing fruit in the vineyard of the Lord. Families, focused on the, the whole of the family. You children, you young ones, you too can produce fruit. You can produce fruit that is so beautiful in the eyes of your parents that you'll move your parents like never before. You'll touch their hearts like never before. And I know that because a mom sent me an email last week just with the challenge of say yes today and put it into action. And the challenge for you young people, you children and your families was simply just to make your bed. To make your bed. And one mom sent an email back and said, Father, they're listening. Not to me, they're listening to the Holy Spirit because you won't believe it. My daughter made her bed and she's in second grade. It was awesome. You children can produce that fruit. You can. To produce fruit in abundance in the vineyard of the Lord, in the vineyard of your family. 
You young adults that may be here and isolated and feel like you're on your own, you can come together with other young adults and together you can pray together, you can build community together, you can build something as a single young adult in this city that becomes attractive and beautiful, becomes good fruit, and the goodness that comes out of your heart is gonna draw other young adults in there. I talked to someone the other day, a young adult, and they're like, Father, I don't know what to do because the vast majority of my friends, they're not believers. They're struggling with that. How do I work with that? Well, we got something for that if the time's right, and that's called Alpha. Alpha is a dinner setting. It's full now, but in the spring, you young adults, think about inviting a friend to Alpha, a dinner, a meal to sit down and talk about the purpose of life, the meaning of life. It's a stepping stone into a relationship with the Holy Spirit and God's love for them. It's a meal. Come to a meal once. Little things like that to bring adults, young adults, your peers together and to bear fruit. You seniors, you beloved seniors, you are bearing fruit by being here. The challenge that it takes to get here from your independent living centers to do that is a witness. People see the sacrifices you make to pray. Where you are in your state of life, you can bear fruit through your prayer. Be men and women in prayer. Enjoy in your independent living areas. Your peers need you. You give an example to our parish. We can all bear fruit. We can all bear fruit for the vineyard of the Lord. My brothers and sisters in Christ, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Pray. Pray. Jesus has called you. He has called me. He will show us the way to bear fruit. Fruit that remains.